Oh, man, this is incredible. I love the intensity. I love the fact that Haley is this incredible full-on musician. We're going to get into the, all the different aspects of her life. But let me tell you a little about, about Haley herself. She's joining us from Baltimore, and she is absolutely fantastic drummer, singer, guitarist, and songwriter that's currently working with this incredible rising star, Olivia Rodrigo. She's also very involved with the Hit Like a Girl context. I want to get into all aspects of her life. Would you please welcome Haley Brunell? Hey. <laughs> Hi, Haley. How are What's you? What's up? I'm great. How are you? It's great you know, to be I, here. I love that one video. You guys are in like the, the butcher section of a, of, a, you know, <laughs> of a food store. It was fantastic. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you really play uh, with with a, a uh, and I say this in the ultimate compliment is a, a full musician's mentality. Mm. It doesn't doesn't seem like you play just from a drummer's perspective. You've got you know you, you play guitar, you sing as a songwriter. So it seems like you're coming from thirty thousand feet from the music industry, looking down <laughs> at all these different instruments. This sure. really is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I want to talk about, about just the beginning stages. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the early early days of you being young, you're getting involved with music. What first got you kind of involved with this music bug? Um, yeah, uh, I guess like a lot of drummers, maybe not a lot of drummers, but a lot of drummers. I, I was a kid and, you know, I grew up in Fresno, California. So, um, you know, I don't know, there wasn't much to do. And uh, my mom heard about... This woman, Brenda Myers, who was ended up being my first drum teacher, she um, opened up this uh, youth percussion group called We Got the Beat. Um, I went to this like week long camp and learned all these different instruments. I just saw the drums and marimba and xylophone and timbales and congas and, you know, all these different uh, world, you know, instruments. And that's where I met Jerry Steinholtz. Um, who also ended up being one of my teachers in college, but he and Brenda were really influential in my life. And I just kind of took it off from there, started her group, started performing around town and, you know, up and down the coast of California uh, with this youth percussion group when I was about eight years old. So, and then I think it just kind of took off from there. Well, it's kind of exciting that you have this, a, a female educator like Brenda, that oh, yeah. became your mentor in the early stages. Yeah. Which is incredible. And Jerry, I knew Jerry for many, many years and had a chance to perform with him. What a great, great person he was. Oh, he was and the best, yeah. Just really, really, just good people for sure. So tell yeah. me about, so you started taking some lessons. In those lessons, you know, were there drum books involved? Were you listening to me? You know, what, what were they kind of showing you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I started taking private lessons maybe in like, fourth or fifth grade with, you know, a younger guy who was like in high school. Um, but yeah, it started off by, you know, learning all the basic rudiments and playing these like basic like rock grooves and like learning how to read the patterns on the page and everything. Cause Brenda really taught me how to, and she taught all of the kids in the group to really use our ears. And it was more about not reading music, but listening to rhythms and applying like phrases to specific rhythms, like pineapple is a triplet and peanut butter is 16th notes, you know? Yeah. And so we would like learn all those things as kids, you know, and it, and it made it really easy for me to just start off 
by using my ear and just by listening to everything around me rather than just like focusing on a page or focusing on what I'm doing. It really, I think like looking back at it now allowed me to look at the bigger picture, kind of like what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, then I started, you know, getting into the, the jazz books and the rudiments and, you know, the orchestral snare books and all those things to learn about control and dynamics and everything. Um, yeah, so then I, I moved on to a different teacher, Brian Hamada, who was a great jazz drummer um, in Fresno. And he really instilled in me this like need to like have control and learn all the traditional like jazz uh, licks and everything. Um, yeah, and then it you know, kind of just t- went on from there. So you're taking these lessons, you're working on different books with it. Was there like a, like a, so you were doing like some rudimental books, you were doing some reading books, you're doing some now jazz books, books yeah. like Stick Control and stuff like that. that oh probably- yeah. Oh, I can see the cover of that book now too. <laughs> <laughs> My head is just instilled in there. <laughs> Stick well, that's, Control. That's one of the real classics to, to work with. Oh yeah. Just for hand yeah. and feet technique. So were there any bands that you were listening to at this time as you were developing? Yeah, um, it's really interesting, actually, when I look back, I, I grew up in a pretty like Christian home, and I didn't listen to too much like secular music, or however you wanted to call it when, you know, I was younger, I listened to a lot of church music and religious music, which was all very kind of like alt rocky church music, you know. Um, But you know, my dad introduced me to the Beatles and Pink Floyd and, um, you know, some, some other classic like jazz stuff. Um, but it wasn't until like high school, I really started listening to stuff for myself. And that was like the strokes and Joni Mitchell and, um, the Ramones and like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what a, what a a wide variety of listening you were doing at that time, which is helpful for you just to kind of hear you know, different you know options in music. So w- were there any specifically any drummers that you were listening to at all that, that, that start to stand out? Yeah. I mean, I, I really got into in high school, I was really into um, like Brian Blade and Nate Wood. I, my jazz instructor in high school was a super like avant-garde, like modern jazz guy. So the jazz band, like we would only play like straight eight stuff. It was like never swing, um, which was really dope because I, I, you know, I was coming from this, like, I also wanted to play like singer songwriter stuff and play like rock. So it was kind of like this nice mix of um, like, it was jazz, but it was straight. And uh, you know, it just like has a different vibe to it. So I would listen to a lot of knee body and Tigran Hamasian and, Brian Blade, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So Nate Wood was a huge influence. And then later on, Mark Juliana and um, this guy, Darren, uh, oh, I'm already forgetting his name, Mute Math. Uh, I don't know him. Darren, <laughs> I forgot his name. Can I look it up? Yeah. Because um, oh. this is sad that I can't even remember his name. He was like <laughs> one of my favorite drummers. Well, um, you're, listen, you're young. This should not be Darren happening. King. Darren King. Darren King, all right, there it is. Yeah, you should check out Darren King. Um, there is this band, Mute Math, and they were one of my favorites in like early college, late high school. And Darren King was like, he was kind of like the Nate Wood of like, uh, like rock, I guess, like weird kind of 
alty rock or whatever. Um, he was just super like innovative and you could just tell what his sound was, you know, the way that his drums were. And he was just so aggressive about how he played and just played with so much force all the time. And I just really loved that. Well, how great. You mentioned Mark Juliana, who I knew when he was 14 years old oh. and had a chance to know him. And uh, his teacher, Joe Bergamini, was yeah. a former student of mine. And wow. To Joe. So Mark was kind of like this generation of learning. It was just incredible to see all these young players grow up. So well, you had some real wide variety of interests that you had. And, yeah. and the jazz thing seemed to be kind of like stepping into your soul at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it really was like at the in high school and moving on into college, I was like, I'm going to play jazz. This is what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, in, in, the, in a way that was like, I really like straight uh, like straight eights jazz. <laughs> uh, not that I didn't like appreciate the traditional like swing and all the, all of the people that came before me, you know, who like really have influenced all the music that I was listening to. Um, but when I got into college, I was like, man, I, I think I just like want to do some other stuff though. Like I feel so inspired by other things and it, it just felt for a little while. Like I, I had to be this like, cookie cutter jazz kid, um, especially in college, you know, like you really have to focus on what you're doing, which I appreciate. Um, but I think I had like a bit of like a crisis moment where I was like, shit, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know who I, my bad. I don't know who I am musically right now. You know, I'm trying to figure that out. And so I think college was really the journey on realizing that I love pop music and I love playing pop music and, that's kind of the direction I wanted to go rather than, um, you know, the jazz background. Well, but that, that's very interesting, Haley, at, at several different levels. Listen, I've been playing professionally since the age of 12. That's yeah. five years of playing drums professionally. I'm still trying to find out what my direction is. So believe sure. me, it's a journey. And, you know, like a chameleon, we get to know not, we get to not know what our actual natural color is, you know? Yeah. We're so busy shifting and like these music shifters, these shape shifters, we're so busy shifting. But there's a part of the, the healthiness that comes with that that allows us to be even a more well-rounded musician. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Very yeah, I mean, it's all. Go when, ahead. Sorry. When, when did guitar step into your world? Um, that was probably in like high school. Um, I think I may have taken like one guitar guitar lesson in eighth grade and uh, was just like, eh, this is cool. Like maybe I'll pick it up sometime. But I think like, you know, in high school I was had some feelings and like wanted to get them out. And so I, you know, classic, just like sit in my room, kind of just strum and like taught myself guitar and, you know, started writing songs just to, you know, as a way to vent, I think. And then it kind of developed into like, oh, like I really, I really like making songs. And then, you know, like I said, I grew up in church. So I, you know, played at my church and like would do worship and do all that stuff. Um, and, you know, that was like a different time, but I had um, a lot of um, influence from the church because of that. And I think that also, like opened up my ears to hearing music in a different way. Um, you know, being able to hear harmonies and hear what everybody else is doing and like reacting to everything else that's going on. Like, I think that that also was an aspect of growing up that 
you know, brought me to where I am today, along with like jazz and, you know, marching band and, you know, world music and all that stuff. That's a lot of stuff to combine yeah. into one lifetime. Sure, yeah. Were there guitar players or were there singer-songwriters that you started to lean towards that you, you were like, you know, focusing on their music? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I really, really loved Regina Spector and Fiona Apple. Um, and I, I listened to them a lot in high school. Again, like Joni Mitchell. And, um, and I, I liked the like sad kind of like, like just sinking your feelings, like sad girl acoustic thing um, for a really long time. And then, you know, it was branching off into other things. But I think Regina Spector was like a huge influence and Fiona Apple was a huge influence. Um, and then I would like, at the time when like CDs were a thing, like I would go to the like public library and just like sift through CDs and pick out random CDs I didn't even know like who they were and just take them home. They were just like random like folk songs and stuff like that. Um, and I would could take those home and like, you know, plug them into my CD man or whatever and like listen to a bunch of like random, just random people that were, you know, just singing like acoustic, like folky kind of songs. And I think that that was uh, also a huge influence. Well, you know, that, that acoustic folk kind of storytelling. I mean, we had uh, here on the North Shore of Long Island and I got to know the late, great Harry Chapin. Oh, yeah. Harry Chapin, whose father was Jim Chapin, a great jazz drummer who was one of my teachers. Mm -hmm. So learning from Jim Chapin and then, you know, after our lessons, we go meet with Harry and back in the late 60s, late 70s. And Harry was was doing just that. He was kind of working on storylines and, and, and mm -hmm. that folk kind of a, music concept but it wasn't it wasn't corny folk music it was yeah these deep stories and poems mm -hmm. that were so touching that he put changes to that mm -hmm. sucked into the storyline of what was happening and when he wrote his song taxi and eventually cats in the cradle this became huge hits and his career just took off and it was kind of interesting to see that yeah. he would kind of walk out with his guitar and just sing and tell these stories and just inspire people so it was just wonderful yeah Totally, yeah. I love that. So in doing this here, so now when did you start getting into writing? You were just kind of fiddling around with it when you were younger, but when did it start to become a little bit more serious for you? Um I mean, to find serious, like I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if there was like necessarily a moment where I was like, I want to professionally do this or something, or I don't think I've ever had that much uh of a grip on it, like a tight grip on it. I, I think it's something that like, even now it's something that I do because I really enjoy it. And like, it, it is a very creative process. And it, again, still as a 16 year old and like 27 now, like it is a way to vent and it is a way to release uh, feelings. And so I think I think I like I put out an EP in 2020. It was like my first project that I had ever done. And um, I think that was like the first time that I was like, okay, like I'm actually gonna like sit down and like concrete, like look at one, two, one, two. I'm not sure if she's frozen. Are we there? Oh boy. One, two, one, two, testing one, two. Hello. There, there, Hello. Are you back? there it is. Oh, okay, you're yep. back. Wow. 
What was the last thing you heard? Because I just kept going. Uh, well, you were talking about about you know the, the, the nothing concrete as far as sitting down and and starting to write and compose. You know, you were being, I guess, a gradually and you know pulled into it. I guess. Yeah, sure. I think it was definitely a gradual thing. I you know there were there were times in high school that I would play at my local open mic or whatever, and uh, you know just play some songs for some people just for fun. Um, and then I, I don't think it was until this last year or the last couple of years when I put out a project for the first time in 2020 that I um, decided that I was going to like really put out something um, and with no expectation of like what would happen with it. It was just, I really enjoyed the process of making it. And uh, I learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about music and a lot about myself in music. And um, so I think for that, like, that's why I enjoy writing music, you know, it's and also just like being able to collaborate with people. Like I love sitting with people and like sifting through ideas and coming up with things together. Like it's just so music is such a collaborative experience, you know, from the person making it to the person listening. It's just, it's all connected, you know? So, so I love that. I, I love that about that process. Do you have any you know, writing partners or, or writing, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, inspired people that you work with that you found that, you know, I work better with this person or, you know, is that is that a part sure. of it? Yeah. Um, the guy that I, I worked on the my EP with was um, his name's Elliot. We are uh, good friends and uh, we just worked really, really well together. Yeah, it was just like one of those things like where we were both kind of nerds in different ways. And like, he knew a lot more about like the technical aspects of production, which like I was kind of just getting into learning about that stuff. Um, and so, and this was like three years ago. And so in that way, like I learned so much from just like being in the studio with him and us like, and him trying to like pick out ideas from my brain and, and vice versa. And I don't know, it was just like such a, a growing experience in that way to work together. And I really, you know, I realized that we were really good at doing that together. Also another like good friend of mine, Leah, um, she has a artist project called Leah Capel and she's like one of my favorite people to write with as well. I've uh, worked on some of her stuff for her and um, yeah, we just like really mesh and that's just like when it feels, you know, really good. Well, that like, like any, like any relationship, whether it's personal yeah. or musical relationship, when it feels good, you kind of go with it and you just kind of allow it to become very natural and very, very comfortable in what it is. That's beautiful to hear. Totally. Now, so you get out of school, you go into college now. So you go to college, yeah. you go to Cal State Northridge, okay? You're out, you live in California. What was it about the school that you chose? And, and when you went there, what was the process in learning at the school? Um. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't ready to leave California. So I was like, I have to find some place in California. And it was either going to be USC or Cal State Northridge because they were like, you know, the best jazz programs in the state, which they are, they're great. And um, so I decided to go to Northridge and um, I don't know, I just, I had heard so many great things about the program. A bunch of kids from my high school actually ended up going there for jazz as well. So I already knew some people who were in the program. Um, and like we said earlier, Jerry Steinholz was uh, teaching there. And so he was a big draw for me going there. 
Um, and I ended up taking private lessons with him in college. Um, but yeah, it was like most people, I think it was a, a crazy experience to come from like a small town and like such a small pond and then move into this like vast, <laughs> like, whoa, there are so many amazing people. And not that I didn't think there were be that there uh, would be, but like, just to see everybody so uh, enthusiastic about music and so hungry to learn and everybody was just so good. Um, yeah, it was a huge like earth shattering experience for me. Um, Cause I was like, whoa, I like, I really need to like hone in on some stuff and like really like learn and think about some stuff about myself and music and drums. And, um, and so, yeah, taking classes there and uh, befriending some of the professors and meeting people and just um, being immersed in that, you know, collegiate environment, um, you know, it changes you and it really pushes you in a direction if you allow it to, if you're open to it, you know, so. It definitely yeah. ups your game. It ups your game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's for sure. Just talk a little bit more, just a few seconds about about Jerry, about what he yeah. was like as a teacher and as a player. I mean, he was just a great, great guy. And and the fact that you had some time with him was is just so valuable. Yeah. I mean, he was just such a crazy guy. He just had the most personality. Um, he didn't take any like crap from anybody. He was just like, if you're not if you're not showing up right now, if you're like literally not doing the things that I'm asking you to do, like, why am I here? You know, but he would do it in this like way that was like, I really care about you. And I know that you're, you know, capable of so much more. So please like take the things that I'm saying. Um, and he just had so much, so much knowledge and so much history of like what he's done in his life and, you know, how he got to where he was. And he was just such a joy to be around, like such a, just a funny dude. I don't know. I just, I loved, like, I loved having lessons with him. It was just an hour out of, you know, maybe the week, maybe we met a little bit more than that. I can't remember, but he was just like constantly trying to get me to like, listen and, um, you know, pay attention to things around me. He was the one that pushed me to do the Latin jazz, uh, group there. And so I ended up doing that and like playing percussion and drums and, you know, all, all those things. And he was uh, directing that group and he was just like, to the point, just like, you guys better, you know, <laughs> but in such a Jerry Seinholtz way, which was just like, you can't really tell if he's mad or if he's chill. He's just kind of Jerry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he was great. I had such a positive experience with him. He's a great person. Yeah. So, so were you starting to play with other musicians now? Was was that starting to happen in college? You were meeting other people? Were you, were you putting bands together? Were you meeting other artists that you wanted to play with and perform with? What, what was happening at that time? Yeah. Um, so a bass player that I was really good friends with in college uh, had this band with some other people that he went to community college with. And they needed somebody to play with. And he liked how I played. And so he asked me to come. And uh, play with them. And I ended up, you know, being in this band for like five years. Um, and it was like some of the best times in my life, uh, playing music and meeting people. And, um, it was kind of like this cross between like singer songwriter and like prog Rocky. Like it was all very 
like odd time signatures, but it had this like really nice flow to it because of the, the melodies and the lyrics. Um, and it just, it was the first time I think, you know, I mean, I was 19, 20 or something uh, when I started doing that. And it was, you know, it was a time in my life where I felt really, really musically connected to people. And uh, it was like, we could read each other's minds, you know, it was like one of those situations where like you find that sweet spot with somebody and like with a group of people where like you can write music and you can play and play shows together. And it just feels like a spiritual experience almost. Yeah. Um, and so I really had that with like these four, five other people. And so we started playing some shows, house shows mainly, and then started playing some of the venues around LA um, throughout, you know, the end of my college career. And then I started picking up, uh, like I started playing with another artist and that was like the first gig that I got where I was like making money. Um, and yeah, it kind of just, you know, trailed off from there and I'm no longer playing with that band anymore, but all very fond memories. And, you know, we got to record and make some albums and had the whole experience and it was just great. Like I just, I learned so much. And I think that that's really where I developed my sound and how I play. Um, and yeah, I think that that I implement that into pop music for sure. How great. So you guys were writing all original music. Yeah. And, you know, so you were offering now, so your songwriting, you know, ability was that even becoming sharper in the, in that process. Totally. Yeah. Cause it was all, at least for that project, it was all very like intricate. Like I would write very intricate drum parts. They wouldn't just be like, Oh, we're playing like a groove right now. You know, it was like all, it was like I was writing drum parts that were lyrics and that were melodies. Um, at least that's kind of how I, approached it I, I really would listen to the singer she would come in with like a, a melody or a lyrical idea and she would sing it to me and I would kind of try to play that thing on the drums but in a you know in a drum way and it kind of turned into that where it was like us kind of playing off of each other and somehow creating a song that way well but again the creative process always amazes me because it happens different ways in different yeah with different people and if we just allow if we just allow that process to kind of work its way different things come out of us that we would have never expected before absolutely yeah 100 so college is happening you graduate college you finish college now are you thinking about this is what i'm going to be doing and i'm now you know i'm into it now. yeah i don't think there was ever like a moment where i was like i'm not sure if this is what I want to do you know I just kept kind of going and I didn't really have a moment of like I should do something else or maybe this isn't for me I just was like yeah this is the this is the train that I'm on and I'm having a good time so I'm just going to keep doing it yeah. um yeah so from then on it was starting to meet some people I mean I met a lot of people going to house shows and um I don't know if you know the band Knower Lewis Cole is a drummer no. Um, you should check out Lewis Cole. He's amazing. Uh, great drummer. Uh, he also kind of reminds me of like that Nate Wood, Mark Juliana type feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got connected into like that kind of circle and meeting all of those people, um, which were like this cross between like 
EDM and jazz. It was just soup. like, you know, college was all about just like trying weird stuff and, yeah, <laughs> you know, experimenting and whatever. So, um, yeah, because I was like going to house shows and going to a lot of shows out in LA, I just met, I met a lot of people and then started, you know, going to auditions and getting calls to go to auditions and then doing, uh, you know, random gigs here and there for no money, just because I was trying to meet people and I was just trying to play. And um, so, yeah, I played in like a various number of, for a various number of artists and bands over the years. And it was just kind of like one after the other, you know, something. It, I, I remember when I first like got to fly to do a gig and it was with Dea and um, we were doing like one-off dates and, you know, flying out to different states or whatever to play a couple of shows. And I was like, well, like I'm like, I'm doing this, like, let's keep going, you know, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, the, from then on, it was just like, just waiting and waiting for, you know, a call for something, trying to just, again, meet more people and get connected. And it's around the time, like, I think 2015-ish, I met David Levine. And, uh, you know, he was such an influence in my life and such a mentor for me and still is and still is a great friend. And yeah, he introduced me to a lot of people who I probably would have never, you know, met in the industry. And, you know, I owe him a lot. So thank you, David, yeah, <laughs> for listening. A great shout out. David is a fantastic person. He's been in this industry. Totally. He's so knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, the entire Hit Like a Girl contest that he put together is just absolutely brilliant to have people that are involved around the world, you know, women of all ages that yeah. are, you know, coming out and playing music and 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 just playing great. So we've opened up a whole nother world of great talent that was yeah. there, just, just, they just were not recognized. Totally, yeah. You know, so so with the Hit Like a Girl, are you involved with the Hit Like a Girl in, in, in any process? Yeah, um, so I actually will be the spokesperson for the 20, what year is this, 2022 Hit Like a Girl contest. I don't remember anymore, right? Uh, 2020 was just like such a such a weird vortex. Um, but yeah, 2022, I'm going to be the spokesperson for the contest. Um, so yeah, heavily involved. I, I've been a judge before. Um and obviously a, a huge advocate for um, female identifying people and um, wanting to encourage more people to just play drums and to try new things. And so um, that's why I'm going to be the spokesperson just to continue to, you know, let younger people know and older people know, people in the middle know that, uh, you know, it's never too late and drums are fun if, if, if they attract or if they are attracted or you are attracted to them then um, you should try it, you know, and you can and anybody can. So I think that that's a huge part of the contest is, um, you know, even just being in 2021 and so much of our culture and so much of our society has changed, especially in 20, 2020 with, you know, all these social justice movements, movements like really coming to the surface. Um, so is, you know, continual like inequality and um representation so i think it's just a huge a huge contest to um a huge influential contest to uh you know to anybody who identifies as female to pick up some sticks and play you know well that is so great you know i i today i i gave a, a couple of sessions to a, 
uh, in the UK, a young girl by the name of Lola. And Lola was a- Lola, I know Lola, yeah. Lola's 12, 13 years old. And yeah. we had a lesson, a session today that uh, was actually organized by Janine Fox. Janine Fox was also in Hit Like a Girl in the, uh -huh. 40, the 40 and over category. They mm -hmm. both placed very high in, 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 the, in the organization. And uh, just by seeing them both today and, uh, and having a session with them and talking about drumming and setting up their kit and getting them more comfortable, it's just amazing to see both in Lola's standpoint as this young, enthusiastic girl in the UK and Janine upstate New York, who's just a phenomenal role model for many, many women to go and play and she just, just wants to have fun. And that yeah. fun factor, when I talk to them and see them both perform individually, it's just so great to see that fun factor alive and well and being shared at such a high level because of the hit like a girl, you know, kind yeah. of. So this is so great that you're involved with this and that you're going to be a role model for them because, you know, you are, you will be the perfect role model for, to get the message out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's um, obviously something that I feel really passionately about, and I'm yeah, I'm honored that you know they would want me to have or want me to you know take the opportunity to be the spokesperson. So I can't wait. Yeah, this is huge. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. And yeah, you're, thank you. we don't know what year this is, but yes, in 2022. <laughs> will be the one that'll be, you know, a, a voice hit like a girl, and that'll be great. And I've 22. judged, yeah, twenty right? <laughs> I I've, I've, I've judged the um, the uh, many of the uh, different contests, and even the one in China. I had uh, we had we had oh cool, huge, yeah, it was ginormous. I I uh, I was so awesome. I was one of the first artists in the early '90s to go to China and open up China in the drumming world, as far as teaching teachers. Wow. And organizing many different schools and stuff like that. So I've been going to China for many, many years. So I'm, I'm well known there, and because of that, they had me judge this. I the, the amount of drummers that were performing was incredible, and each one of them were excellent. Yeah, of course. Oh, I know. Cool. I watched those videos; they're insane. It's Un crazy. Unbelievable. So you're you're at, you're at the cusp of a, of a wave that's changing the music industry at such a high level. Yeah, it's so awesome. Now you mentioned you mentioned Daya. Daya, what, what year was that when you were when you were with with Daya? Oh gosh, Daya was probably two thousand sixteen, seventeen. No, yeah, two thousand seventeen, maybe. Yeah, and that was so. You were now, you know, starting to travel, and you were you were getting out on the road, and, and you were starting to you know, you know, commit to like now some serious road work with the band, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like the first time that, you know, I had the opportunity to do that and really to see what it would, you know, feel like to do that. Um, well, that's a picture of me. Cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was, shoot, I'm trying to remember where that was. I think that was the UK. Um, I was on a tour there. Uh, but yeah, once I started playing with Dea, it, uh, you know, took me into some other avenues i started playing for um i did some you know work with drake bell and some other people just like again like one-off kind of stuff not nothing major uh tour wise um and then some local people in la and we would go off and do like little you know stints of runs or whatever of uh little tours here and there and then i in 2018 i think 
I, or 2019, I can't remember, 2018, <laughs> um, I started playing for Kaylin Russo, who is a, um, a singer and a model, and, you know, she's great. I, I love her. And uh, so I joined into this group called Russo, which is, you know, inspired by her, and it was her project, and we were in this band together, and that's when I really got to travel a lot, and, um, you know, traveled internationally, and did the did the whole tour thing, bus life, all that stuff. And then, you know, just after that kept going, did a lot of stuff with Conan Gray and um and now we're here and playing playing with Olivia. So yeah, but so, what is it? So when when you when you were working with these 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 one offs or these, or these touring groups, sure. you had to, to learn the music. So how did you learn the music? Do you take the music and listen to it? Do you write charts out? How do you how do you learn yeah. Be called from a white, you know, at least listen, Conan Gray, Kellen Russo, Drake Bell, and they're all different bands. So you're talking about different yeah. perspectives of what how do you learn? How do you learn? How do you, how do you yeah, it's it's changed over the years, but yeah, I think for me it was really about um just like sitting and listening to the songs and mapping out. I I guess um mapping out like big points in the songs that like stood out to me, um, like specific hits or, um, you know, a specific kick pattern or something. Um, Cause I could generally understand the song structure, you know, usually it's intro verse, you know, chorus, post verse, bridge, chorus, you know, like something along those lines. Right. So working within that structure, unless it was drastically different, but like working within that structure, I kind of would just listen to the song, uh, file it in my brain and try to just pick out certain things that stuck out to me and write those down. Um, I never really wrote out actual drum parts or patterns. Like if I still do it even to this day, like I have notebooks full of just like weird scratches of symbols and stuff that probably nobody would be able to decipher. Um, but just like weird little marks that I, that I can make in my head and like visibly see on a piece of paper while I'm um, trying to learn the song. And then eventually I would like sit down at the kit and like try to play through it, you know, once or twice and try to get it down. And then a lot of times like these things or like the things that I've been involved with are like, on the spot stuff. Like I remember the first gig I did with Daya was um, we flew out to New York or something. And I had learned this, I had learned all of the music and I had never rehearsed with the band. Um, it was my first time doing it. Everybody else had been in the band already and I was new. And um, so I came in without knowing how the, the structure of the show went, anything. And we were backstage and it was like five minutes before we were going on. And she was like, are we going to do the intro? And they were like, yeah, we're going to do the intro. And I was like, I never learned an intro. <laughs> okay. So they literally played it to me on an iPhone, like in my ear before I went out on stage and played it and somehow didn't crash and burn. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like really like those moments of just like, okay, I'm listening for things that are like, I need to pick out like what, what I need to remember right now. And basically there were just like hits like and like drum fills you know like a big like pop intro type thing um and i was like all right well i guess we're going now <laughs> um so that was yeah that was a moment but yeah i think that's kind of like how i go about it now 
and every, everyone has their own style of how they chart things out and how they remember it. And sure. even this with all your training now and all of your 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 schooling that you've done, hearing that tune on that iPhone and being able to get, take it in, you know, your brain was calculating the chart in its head before. Sure, you, yeah. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. You literally are seeing the music in your head, so yeah. you're, you're hitting it. So Olivia, so how how did you meet Olivia and how did you start this whole process? Um. Yeah. So. A couple of years ago, um, so she was on that show or is on that show, the high school musical, the musical, the series. It's such a long title. Um, So I got a call to do some like studio work for that. And it was uh, it was going to be like a live studio performance of the cast singing some of the high school musical songs. So um, me and some other uh, musicians flew out to Utah and like did this like live in the studio, uh, you know, performance thing that they like shot and put on Vivo and whatever. Um, so I was playing drums for that and got to play all the like classic high school musical music, which was kind of fun for me. Like I really enjoy musical theater. I, I played in some of the musical theater uh, performances in high school and, uh, you know, Hairspray and all that stuff. Like it was really fun. I, I really enjoy that stuff. Um, and yeah, so I got to go do that and I met her there, but this was like way before she was like Olivia Rodrigo, you know, she was, I think like 16 and, um, you know, met her and met the whole cast, whatever, and just, you know, tabled it. That was just whatever. Um, and then fast forward to 2020 and all of a sudden she like came out with the song and driver's license and it became huge. And everybody was talking about Olivia. And I was like, Holy, I remember like, you know, seeing her and like meeting her on the set of that thing that I did. And, um, and then like one day my friend, Aaron Forbes, who is a musical director, like called me and was like, Hey, like, you want to do this like Olivia thing? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I totally remember, I remember her from the, you know, the other thing. And he was like, yeah, she remembers you too. Like you should you come on, you know, whatever. And so then I, you know, got to go there and we got to like reconnect and stuff. Cause we hadn't, we only saw each other for a few days, like two years prior. Um, but yeah, so that was a nice, nice to know that like, you know, we had already met before. It wasn't like a serious connection or anything, but um, you know, she was nice and got to meet each other and now we're here. So it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. Well, that goes to a couple, a couple of bit of compliments. And obviously you're playing stuck out with it because they had the compliments you're playing, but also personality wise, there's gotta be that yeah. personality comfort zone that allows people to say, yeah, it's a good person. I wouldn't mind being around them because once you're performing together, you're in this family atmosphere now. Totally. Of to each other and having to have good people skills that, that create happiness. I mean, yeah. What we're looking yeah. for. You get hopefully. on. What, yeah, hopefully. Exactly. What, <laughs> with SNL now, you get to perform mm. SNL. What was that yeah. like to New York to go into the studio? I mean, this is incredible. What was it like? Oh, man, it was so awesome. And like, it will 100% be one of the uh, like things I will hold dear in my heart. It was just such a crazy experience. Um, just to be in the studio and like see Seth Myers walking down the you know the hallway and just like all these Kate McKinnon like all these people that I'm like oh my gosh like you're so funny I love you so much like just fangirling a little too hard um but yeah I mean it was just so so much fun and like it was really wild because coming off of you know 2020 and everybody in the music industry hadn't really worked you know and 
everybody was at home and had been missing playing. And that was the first gig that I did, uh, like a live performance I did since, you know, before 20, like before the pandemic, pandemic happened. Yeah. Um, so it was a surreal experience to like be at the studio and be on the stage. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, three, two, one, let's go, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, we prepared really hard for it and everybody was ready and everybody was really excited and you could feel the energy of, you know, the band and like the people in the room. It was just, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Did you get a chance to meet Sean Pelton? No, no. Oh, Sean's a dear friend. I saw, I saw him through the little, I was on the stage and I could see the band, you know, like through the little window, but <laughs> <laughs> like the next, you know, the next set over. Boy, but no, I didn't get to meet him. But how great to experience it in your lifetime at such a young age, this incredible on stage there in this historic show live yeah. in New York. You know, it really is powerful. But there were other other TV shows that you started doing, right? Um, yeah. I don't know. Did I? <laughs> I, I thought there were some other, other shows that you were doing because, I mean, now, so now here you are getting involved in, in playing and the exposure of what's happening. This is now about as serious as you can commit yourself to being with sure. and uh, And Olivia is just a phenomenal talent. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, shortly after SNL, we did the Sour Prom video, which came out, which is like her, you know, 30 minute long performance video um, of her going to prom and whatever. So, yeah, we were out in L.A. and um, in rehearsals for about two weeks and getting ready for that. And um, then, yeah, shot the whole thing in uh, like three days um but yeah it was like a huge production it was just it was like a mini movie you know i mean i don't know if you've watched it if you haven't you should it's awesome I, anybody I, out there should watch it it's freaking awesome I did. But, it was fantastic and it was just yeah. to see sure and the mu i mean the music is so dope i have so much fun fun playing it and just to see all of the, you know, dancers and like all this other movement going on, you know, like I'm so into, so into anything creative. And so just to see all those things coming together and um, the performance that everybody brought was just awesome. And yeah, so that was just such a great experience as well. But it seems like, you know, all the different areas that you have experienced, aside from playing drums and guitar and singing and songwriting and production i mean you've, you've been involved in all these different areas of the music industry and you're still young so you've got this incredible <laughs> springboard of yeah and talent that you have in front of you that is just so exciting yeah totally thank you yeah i i do feel excited and i have no idea you know i mean kind of like what we were talking about earlier it's just like everything is always changing and you're always changing and you know what i thought i was going to be doing five, six years ago, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm doing something completely different that feels truer to myself now, you know? And so I'm sure that's going to change again and I'll find other interests and other ways to like mix and match things and try new things. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just continuing to do that for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> that's that's all we can ask for. And uh, yeah. in my life now with some gray on my beard and as I'm entering the <laughs> of my life it it never ceases to amaze me the excitement and the fun and the youthfulness that music allows us to have that yeah. 
I still feel like that, you know, that young kid that's playing drums, that's excited about it. I still feel that same joy in playing music. And it's pretty powerful how it just stays with you for as long as you choose for it to be doing it. Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is a commitment and it's, and it's yours if you want it, you know, it's awesome. If you want it. And that's, that's the part of the commitment level that, you know, and which, which you obviously have, I mean, who you are, you know, playing and practicing and writing and your production of what you're doing and involved with playing drums. I mean, there's a, a lot going on that you have to manage, which all of it becomes fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The keg 5A, one of my favorite uh, sticks for Vader. How do you feel with that stick? Great, right? It's my favorite stick. Yeah. It's I, I, I've been playing keg 5A for probably like four years, like three or four years. Yeah, it's like the perfect thing. Before I was playing Manhattan 7A, which was like more of my like, not necessarily jazz, but I was like playing a little bit more like avant-garde music, not so like straight ahead. Um, and I liked that it was really light and like quick. And the Keg 5A is like also that way, but it has, you know, it's thicker. It has more power and um I can just smash it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awesome because I just, I hit hard and i i need something that's gonna like that is durable you know as durable as wood can you know wood sticks can be but um yeah it's like it's gotten me through <laughs> all the types of gigs you know i use it pretty much solely for everything boy that is great as, as i do also <laughs> it's a great great birth little stick yes there it is <laughs> <laughs> little plug <laughs> oh, there it is good for you <laughs> This has been absolutely fantastic, Hilly. You, 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 yeah. you really have a great, a great career ahead of you. What you have done so far has been fantastic. And there's just such hope and excitement in all that you're doing in the future of what you're doing, no matter whether you've got drumsticks in your hand or whether you're holding a guitar or whether you're just singing. All of that is a part of who you are. And that is mm. really an exciting package that you are able to offer this great music to the world. For that, I thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I super appreciate that. That's very kind. And yeah, it's been awesome talking with you. And thank you so much for the influence that you've given to so many people, you know. Um, yeah, I just I feel honored to be here. This is fantastic. Well, the Vader Company allows us to have this platform to come out here and to share the right days. This is between Facebook and YouTube. This kind of goes out. It'll be shown and changed and shared all over the place. So uh, yeah. enjoy your time. Stay safe from this pandemic. And yeah, I see you. If at ever you get into the New York area, you make sure you give me a call. I want to come out and hear you. I'll, I'll give you a call. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Peace Haley, out. Thank you, Haley. All right. See ya. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But this is so great to have this kind of youthfulness and this young talent that is just so, you know, you know, you know, passionate about what she's doing. And she's just such a, a wonderful personality. So Haley, I thank you so much for joining us. And I thank the Vader company for allowing me to have this kind of time to come out here and just be able to share and talk and have this incredible opportunity on Tuesdays at two o'clock Eastern standard time. Join us here. We've got surprises for you coming up. We've got so many more people to, to interview and bring on again. Thank you, Haley Brunel so much for today. And hopefully I'll see you all real soon. Thank you so much and stay safe. Bye-bye.